Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. I just want to thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you for being so good. I just want to thank you, Lord. Church, 
North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word. The sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We have entered into his gates with thanksgiving. We have entered into his courts with praise. God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty, the precious name of Jesus Christ, our strength, our redeemer, our very present help in a time of trouble. We thank God for another opportunity to worship the true and living God in spirit and in truth. God has been good to each one of us, whether you are saved or unsaved, whether you are sanctified or unsanctified, if you are Alive, if the breath of life is still in your body, understand that God has been good to you and he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be thanked. God is worthy. The Bible tells us to let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our most recent topic entitled, Why Am I Going Through This? A question that most of us ask at different times and different seasons in our lives. We go through challenges in and of our natural selves, right within ourselves there are challenges. We go through challenges in marriage, challenges in family, challenges in business, challenges in church, challenges in our communities, challenges in life. Sometimes We want to know why. Sometimes it it doesn't make sense why we're having to experience what we're going through. But we thank God that through and by his word and through and by his spirit, God has got answers to each one of us regarding the various things that we go through and experience. We looked at capital A, which is really the main reason why any of us go through any of the things we do. Capital A in our outline was destiny. In other words, that which God knew you and I were going to experience before he ever created you. Child of God, whatever you have experienced in your life, it was your destiny, good, bad, right, or wrong. Whatever you're experiencing in your life, it is because it is your destiny. And whatever you're going to experience in your life, God already knows. So understand that that as we get closer to God, God will begin to reveal more of our destiny. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Basically what that is is the same reason why Isaiah was able to prophesy about the coming Christ close to 800 years before Christ ever came to the earth. Why? Because God knows the end from the beginning. 
He already knows what we're going to do, what we're going to say, what we're going to have, where we're going to go. And if we get close enough to him and remain in communion and sensitivity to his spirit, God will begin to reveal to us the various uh, details of our destiny. Since God already knows what you're going to do, if you get close enough to him, he will reveal it. Just as God did his disciples in the, on the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus told his disciples, tonight they will strike the shepherd and all the sheep will be scattered. What he told his disciples was something that had been written thousands of years earlier. His disciples didn't believe it. They didn't agree with it. But when they came and arrested Jesus, all of Jesus' disciples scattered in keeping with the writings of the prophets. Jesus told Peter. Peter talked about how all the others may deny him and all the others may turn back, but he never would. Jesus told Peter this very night or before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. Peter didn't want to accept that. And many individuals today don't want to accept what God already knows about their destiny. But I encourage you, child of God, to continue to get closer to God, continue to be sensitive to his spirit, and God will begin to reveal to you what is yet to come. Capital A, the job you are working on right now, whatever it is, wherever it is, it's because it's your destiny. Don't ask, oh, why am I on this job? Why do I have to have this job? Why am I working? It's because it's your destiny. You know, that does not mean that you're going to stay there always. It doesn't mean necessarily that that's the last job for you. But if you are going through it right now, the main reason is it is a part of your destiny. We looked at um, number one under capital A, Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, and we looked at Psalms chapter 73 and verse 17. We also looked at capital B. Now, we, we call these the four Ps, the four Ps as to why you are going through, why I am going through, what we are going through. The first P was capital B in our outline, to perfect you. Understand that God is working to perfect you and I, child of God. He has a place. He has a destination for us, and he wants us to be prepared. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Our time in this life is time for you and I to get prepared for what God has in store for us. If you are unmarried under the sound of my voice and desire a husband or a wife, now is the time to prepare. If you are parents out there under the sound of my voice and you desire children, now is the time to prepare. The time to prepare for what God is going to do in your life is not when he does it. The time to prepare for what God is going to do in your life is before he does it. Remember the parable of the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins. Basically, the difference in those virgins was that the wise ones were prepared. They were prepared. They were ready for the next move of God in their life. I encourage you because, God, watch this now, God is going to make a move in your life and in my life whether we are ready or not. Huh? When we used to play hide-and-go-seek as little children, one individual would get on the tree, close his eyes, and count to ten. Everybody else would run and hide. And, and what, the hide, what the person would say that was it was that, ready or not, what? Here I come. Meaning that once he counted to ten, whether you were in your hiding place or whether you had hidden yourself well or not, he was coming. So it is with God. Whether you are ready for the next move of God in your life or not, God is going to make a next move. Now, the tragic thing is many times individuals are much like the foolish virgins who are not ready. God has a 
presents the job that he promised you, but because you are not ready, you could not take it. God presents the husband like the foolish young virgins, but because you were not ready, you have to miss it. God presents the ministry that God wants you in, but because you were not ready, you had to miss it. I encourage you, child of God, be ready for God's next move. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So capital B was what? To perfect you. God is working to perfect you and I. We looked at James chapter 1, verse 4, Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, and it brings us on down to capital C today, to punish you, to punish you. Now, God is working to perfect us, but one of the things he has to do in order to perfect us is to punish us. Now, this is the second P. The first P is to perfect us. The second P is to punish us, and we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6. Now, a lot of children of God don't like the idea of God punishing us, and oftentimes that mentality comes from individuals who, who don't believe in punishment themselves. See, when you understand the benefits of punishment, then, then you will thank God for his punishment. You will thank God for the rod of correction. You know, if I ask many of you all out there under the sound of my voice to finish the scripture, spare the rod, most of you will holler out what? And spoil the child. child. But the problem is, children of God, that that is not in the Bible anywhere. I do this in congregations all over the world. All right, uh, I do that. I go into congregations of thousands upon thousands and ask the saints to finish the scripture, spare the rod, and saints will holler out spoil in loud, deep voices and spoil the child. And I will tell them absolutely wrong. Many of them will start looking at me, pastors included. And I'll say, children of God, that is not in the Bible anywhere. They'll start murmuring and start talking amongst themselves. And I'll say, look, let me give this to you before you all run me out of your country or run me out of your church. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24 says, he who spares the rod hates his yes. son. Hmm. He who spares the rod. God says it's deeper than just spoiling him. If you spare that rod, you really hate that child. He who spares the rod, Proverbs thirteen twenty four, hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline. A father that will not discipline you is a father that does not love you. Now, the tragic thing is that many of us have this thing backwards. Many of us think that because daddy had to discipline me, because pastor had to discipline me, because my employer had to discipline me, he doesn't love me. The ones that let me do anything I want to do, those are the ones who love me. I can be free. I can be myself. I can absolutely, you got it absolutely backwards. It's the ones that discipline you. It's the ones that tell you, no, you can't get away with this. You can't do that. Stop doing that. Those are the ones who really love you, and the ones who refuse to discipline you are the ones who really hate you. Mm, some of us got this thing all backwards. Oh, you think back to when we were in secondary or high school. Most of us, the teachers that we loved, the reason why we loved them was because they were the teachers that let us do some of anything that we wanted to do. Oh, we didn't have to much homework. Oh, we didn't have to, to work real hard in class. Oh, so that would be our favorite teacher. Why? Because it was our lazy, slowful, good-for-nothing flesh that was drawn to that. But the teachers that were strict the teachers that gave us homework, that made us work, that made us learn, the teachers that put pressure on us, 
those were the ones we oftentimes hated, didn't want to be in their class, didn't want to be around them. When they came in the the bathroom and we saw them, we walked and went the other way. Why? Because these ones were bringing accountability. So it is in churches. A lot of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you love churches you go to. Pastors don't even know your name. They don't know what you into in your house. Some of you out there smoking dope, going to church, call yourself a brother or sister. Drank, getting drunk on the weekend, call yourself a brother. Oh, man, but a pastor that is strict, that is disciplined, and is saying, look, that won't go in this particular church. Or you run away from churches like that. You run away from ministries like that. Why? Because you want your, your flesh wants what it wants. There's a difference between our flesh and our spirit. The spirit of God is going to discipline you. The spirit of God is going to correct you. The spirit of God is going to tell you, no, that's, that's, that's not going to work right there. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, capital C in our outline. To what? To punish us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, the Bible says, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Some of you all better wake up and get this thing right. Punishment, it, stop looking at punishment. Stop looking at discipline. Stop looking at correction as being the enemy and understand that punishment is really helping to perfect me. Punishment is really helping to drive the foolishness out of me. The Bible even says in Proverbs, come on, somebody, foolishness. What? Talk to me in here, children of God. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction, what? Shall drive it far from him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you got that son or that daughter out there acting like a fool, and you won't apply the rod of correction. First of all, it shows, it shows God and anybody that knows better that you really hate that son or that daughter. And second of all, what you are doing is helping to promote foolishness in their life. Children need to be disciplined, just like children of God. Now, remember, children need to be disciplined. That's a blanket statement in the natural Children need to be disciplined. You can't have your child all out at the mall acting like a fool. You can't control it. I'd be out sometime and I'd be wondering, what in the world is that parent there smoking? Look at how that boy is acting out here. Children need to be disciplined. Then you get him to sit down and shut up like he's supposed to. Now you can get him to go and clean up his room. Now you can get him to go and do his homework. Now you can get him telling him to come off the block instead of out there fighting against the police. Children need to be disciplined. Well, Understand this, children of God, we are what? Children of God. Oh, I know you're old out there, Grandma, and you've been in this thing a long time, but you're still a child of God, and you're still a child to God. And God punishes what? Everyone. He accepts what's the Bible say. Forget Apostle Brian. Quit looking at Apostle Brian. Look at the word. He punishes everyone. He what? Accepts as a son. Mm-hmm. So now if you don't want God to punish you, if you don't want God to correct you, you don't want God to discipline you, you're really showing you're not a child of God. He's not your father because God said, I'm going to punish everyone I accept as a son. We're about done tonight, children of God. I guess I'll have to get some emails on this message tonight, but that's okay. So capital C, to punish you. So you say, Apostle, what are you driving at? Capital B and capital C, they kind of run together because God wants to perfect you capital B, but one of the main tools that he uses to perfect us is through punishment. Some of you all have lost jobs because God was punishing you for one reason or another. Some of you have lost husbands or lost wives because God was punishing you for one reason or another. Some of you have have obtained sicknesses, and the Bible says that some of you have even died. 
The Apostle Paul had to tell the Corinthian church because they were not taking Holy Communion with the right attitude. Paul said that's why a number of you are weak and sickly and a number of you have fallen asleep or died. You say, Apostle, what's the remedy now? You're coming down pretty hard on us. You're giving us some stuff we didn't know. The remedy is do what God is telling you. If you want God not to punish you, if you want God not to chasten you, if you want God not to whip you or to scourge you, all of these are different words used in different translations to describe this same scripture that we're going over tonight, then do what God says. Do what God See, look, whether you take God's word seriously or not, God takes his word very seriously. And whether or not you take God's word seriously today or not, God says, Robert, give them a guarantee, give them a solemn promise from me that there'll come a day when you wish you did. Don't you know that people in hell, they wish they took God's word seriously in life? Don't you know that? Don't you know that the breath of life that is in your body that allows you to get up in the morning and go about your daily activities, there are people that would give up everything they had in life to, to, to have that chance again. People in hell, water that you pour out, water that you pour out, ice that you pour out of your cup at the end of a restaurant. There are people that in hell that would give everything they had in this world. Some of them were very, very rich, are in hell now. They would give up everything they had just to have that ice that was in your cup. The chance you have under the sound of my voice, you don't get another chance at this life. You don't get, I don't get another chance. The Bible tells us to make the most of the opportunities. Make the most. This is the only life you get. Now, you can mess it up. You can throw it away. You can squander it if you want to. Or you can do all you can to try to position yourself for eternity, to position yourself to be in a favorable standing and position before your creator, because you and I will stand before the creator of, the, of all things. And God says, Robert, you will stand before me, every one of my creation, and they will give an account of the deeds that were done in these mortal bodies. And God says, basically, I'm going to say one or two things. Either come on up, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Come on up, let me make you rule over many. Or I'm going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I know you're not. Into the place prepared for the devil and his angels. Well, I guess we're about done. Some of you all out there, apostle, you too, you too blunt. Somebody need to tell it to you. Rather than giving you a bunch of nonsense about money, money, money all the time, somebody better tell you about, about salvation and the importance of salvation and the importance of doing the right thing. Somebody's got to tell it to you. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, the way God be giving me his word to blast you, you don't even really know why you're tuning into this broadcast. You don't know. I know. And God knows. Because God don't want to have to throw you or me, or anybody else into hell. The Bible says it's not his will that any should perish, but that all will come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants you saved. And so God said, look, I will punish you because I'm trying to make sure that you are saved. God said, you need to understand my goal. My goal is that you be saved. Your goal might be to make a million dollars. Your goal might be a movie star in Hollywood. 
Your goal might be to get a master's degree before you're 30. God said, y'all got all kind of goals, but God says, I'm not, my goal, and this is why I'm sending my apostles, this is why I'm sending my prophets, my evangelists, my pastors and teachers with the everlasting gospel, because my goal is that you be saved. Now, God says, take them back to verse 5. My son, come on down about the middle way of verse 5. God says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. In other words, this is like a father talking to his son, saying, look, son, don't be playing around. Don't be messing around when it comes down to God's discipline. God's discipline is not something to be played with because God said, look, I might be slapping you on your wrist a little bit now or just giving you a little bit of little tap on your butt now, but God says I can turn this thing up too. God says I can turn I can go from zero to sixty faster than a Porsche. God says I can turn this thing up real fast, like Pharaoh. Oh, God slapped him on the wrist when when he sent Moses in there. Moses threw down his staff, it turned into a snake. Pharaoh called the magicians. Magicians come in, throw down their staffs. It turned into a snake. God slapped them on the wrist by allowing Moses and Aaron's staff to swallow their staff. That was a slap on the wrist. That was God's way of saying, look, you're doing things in a kind of crazy way now. Go and change the way you're doing things. I'm going, God saying, look, I'm going to win in the end. All these, all these serpents are doing is showing you how this thing going to turn out. Moses' staff, Moses' serpent, swallowed up the serpent of Pharaoh and the magician. That was God slapping Moses, slapping Pharaoh on the wrist. So come on now, get right now. Pharaoh didn't want to listen to that. Pharaoh didn't want to listen to the frogs. Pharaoh didn't want to listen to the, the Nile turning to blood. Pharaoh didn't want to listen to the gnats. Pharaoh didn't want to listen to the plague of darkness. Pharaoh didn't want to listen. Didn't want to listen to so God said, all right then, let me kill you, son. Maybe that'll get your attention. Let me kill the firstborn of everybody in Egypt. Maybe that will wake you all up. Now, you keep on playing with God out there. Keep on messing around with God. God ends up having to turn something up on you. Don't make what? Light of the Lord's discipline. Take seriously when God is disciplining you. Take seriously when God is talking. Because God is saying something that could save your life. God is saying something that can save your business. God is saying something that can save your marriage. God is saying something that will keep you out of hell. God is, a, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. Come on, somebody. What? And they are life. Do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Watch this. And then God said, look, don't swing to the other extreme. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. All right, now one extreme, you're not taken seriously when God rebukes you. Oh, man, God, ain't nobody, ain't nobody thinking about that stuff you're talking about. God. You're making light of the Lord's discipline. Then the other extreme is you lose heart when the Lord rebukes you. Oh, God has punished me. I might as well die. I can't do anything. Oh, God said, look, you done gone too far. You done gone too far. You done gone too far. Don't make light and don't lose heart. I'm not doing anything anymore. Since God has disciplined me, I won't do anything. That way I won't do wrong. Nonsense. Because if you won't do anything, you're doing wrong. (laughs) 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 
Come on, Saints, now. Come on, now. So don't, don't, don't go too far now. Don't go too far in either direction. Why? Why? God said, look, stay right down the middle. Because understand that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Now, listen to what he's saying. God says, I said I discipline those I love. Well, God said, guess what? I love everybody. Mm. God said, I love Satan, Robert. I don't like what he does. I'm not in agreement with anything he does, anything that he But I love him. He's my creation. And that's what God says, I'm going to throw Satan into hell. That's discipline. I'm disciplined Satan and those third of the angels that rebelled against me up here. God said, Robert, you know what I'm going to do with them? I'm like, yes, Lord, I don't study your word. You done told me this before. I'm going to throw them all into the lake of fire and burning sulfur and every human being that chose to follow them. Because I love them. Hell is not a dis- hell. Listen, listen out there under the sound of my voice. Some of y'all out there cooking, put that cooking pot down and listen to the broadcast. Hell is, hell is not a manifestation of the hatred of God. It's a manifestation of the love of God, but the hatred of sin. It's not a manifestation. God is not throwing you in hell because he hates you. God doesn't hate anybody. But because you wouldn't do with your sin like he told you, God is left with no other choice. One of the saints said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God said, look, you wouldn't take my gift, so how about taking these wages? You wouldn't take my gift. God said, I, I packaged myself in the likeness of sinful man. I came down through 40 and two generations and tabernacled among you. I ate what you ate. I walked like you walked. I slept like you slept. God said, I even went to the bathroom like you did. And you wouldn't, I died for you, and you wouldn't take my gift. All right, God said, then take these wages then. You don't want the gift of God, then take the wages of sin. Got quiet in the Christian center and in countries abroad now. Let's get ready to finish up. The Lord loves those, the Lord punishes those or disciplines those he loves. God loves everybody. So you can't, listen out there, you think out there on the sound of my voice, you escaping the punishment of God because you're not saved? Nonsense. you just receiving even more of it. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. You out there, the devil done fooled you. Some of you all out there, you're really funny. You're really funny to the devil. You're really funny because you think that by not being saved, you're, going to, you're escaping the punishment of God. Don't you know that you just have positioned yourself for even more punishment of God? The Bible said the way of a transgressor is hard. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You have positioned and packaged yourself to get beat by more, more from God because God loves you too, saved, unsaved, black, white, rich, poor, male, female, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. God loves everybody, and he punishes everybody. Now, the Bible says he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Now, you say, Apostle, what is, what is God trying to get us to understand? Understand that now that we are in the family of God, this thing has gotten intensified. This thing has gotten intensified. Because with us, see, now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. With us as children of God, God only has a certain amount of time he can punish us. Call this life. Because once this life is done, we move on to reward. We move on to rest. We don't, there's no punishment in heaven. There's no punishment, you know, once, once we get into heaven. But individuals who, who don't or are not sons of God, it, hell is, a, is an eternal punishment. That's what it is. 
So individuals end up, they have it bad here, you know, because they're disconnected from God, and then they have to experience death, and then the second death, which is being thrown into the lake of fire and burning sulfur. So as sons of God, God's saying, look, you know, I'm going to chasten you all a little more here because you know my will. And the Bible says that he who knows the master's will and does things deserving of punishment will be beat with what? Many blows or many stripes. But he who does not know the master's will, see, does things deserving of punishment, he will be beat with few blows or few strikes. So as a son of God, you need to understand, you, you, gonna have to take, you and I, we're going to have to take some serious beatings. Because God said, look, I'm preparing you for a time of no beating. Just like as, watch this now, just like your, your children. Now, it's one thing to be beating your child when he's six. There's another thing you out there trying to beat him at 26. See, somebody need to do something with you now. See, you need to be checked out. Somebody, you, 20, how old is that boy? 26? Why are you hitting him like that? He did bad. Well, something is wrong with you. You, as a, as a parent, you want to prepare children for a time of no beating. Yeah, maybe I get you when you're six, maybe I seven, eight, nine. But you get up around 15, 14, 13, 14, 15, 16. See, now, you know, now what you should have been trained in as a little boy or as a little girl, now that's what you should be manifesting. Shouldn't be no beatings now, not physically. The Bible says train. The Bible says that, you know, talks about uh, chastising and, and the beatings and the rod of correction for children. Not grown people. I hear about I hear about churches in different countries and different things. Pastor got a thing beating the members and all kind. I'm like, look, man, that ain't scripture, bro. That ain't scripture. Come on, saints, let's finish it. So God punishes everyone He accepts as a son. But what does the Bible tell us? Now, how are we to deal with this punishment? Since we are sons and daughters of God, since we're gonna be punished, since God disciplines those who He loves, what we gonna what we we supposed to do? He just told us not to make light of the Lord's discipline. Then they told us don't lose heart of the uh, uh, when the Lord disciplines us, so we don't go in either extreme. How do we handle Lord these beatings and these punishments and these blows? And that you be putting on us, verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. Endure it. That means put up with it, push through. When you endure something, you can take it. I want to encourage you, child of God, if you can take it, you can make it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that sound real, sound real. One of the things said sound like a sign. Endure it. You got to endure it. Hardship is discipline. Now, now, the way we can tell whether you like discipline or not is how do you operate when hardship comes your way? Do you run to hardship or do you run away from hardship? Uh-oh. Because if you are constantly running from hardship, you are constantly running from the discipline of God. But if you are running to hardship, you're going to purposefully, because it's discipline, you understand that hardship is teaching me something. I know it don't feel good. It hurts me to go through this. It hurts me to go here. It hurts me to do this, but it's teaching me something. Endure it. Bible says even though Jesus was the son of God, he learned obedience. He learned obedience by what he suffered. Suffering is teaching you something. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice call yourself Christian. I'm not saying you I'm not saying you ain't. I ain't getting into it. That's your business. But understand this. If you are a child of God, suffering is not your enemy. 
one of the things all of this part of the package. Suffering is not your enemy. It's time out for a lot of these lying, lying prophets and lying preachers out here telling people suffering is the enemy. Bible tells you in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, not only so, but we rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope will not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to tell us in here? I'm telling you that suffering is helping to perfect you. Suffering is helping is a part of the punishment package that God uses to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Suffering is not your enemy. Sin always has been and always is our enemy. Not suffering. It doesn't feel good. But think about this, child of God, some of the greatest lessons that most of us learned, if we be honest, they came through suffering. Some of the greatest lessons now. Let's, let's just be honest about it. One of the things that's hollering, you heard the message, don't put your hand on a really hot stove, but you, you ain't just hearing that. I mean, that sounds real good rolling off the lip, but then when you put your hand on a really hot stove, you got, now you got a testimony. One of the things that's saying, and a permanent mark, on your hand. Suffering. Most of, suffer, some of us don't even realize, some of us that have learned, that have become successful or have, have learned, most of that drive, that perseverance, that willingness to push through came through what we suffered. It was because we remember how difficult things were at certain points or at certain junctures in our life. This is what pushed us forward to be able to, to, be able to stand difficult times in your future. Understand that difficult times in your past has prepared you for difficult times in your now and in your future. Come on, somebody. Huh? If it hadn't have been for the difficult times in your past, you'd have, you'd have a whole lot more problems with the difficult times in your present and your future. But because you were able to take it 10 years ago, you didn't fall apart. You didn't go to pieces. They didn't have to put you in a mental institution. You are able to take difficult times right now. And because you can take some difficult times right now, God says that when the difficulties come in your future, you will be able to stand. Oh, we about done, children of God. Don't worry. We about done. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. So what do we understand? What God said, what I do, Robert, is I will purposely let there be some situations or purposely take you through some situations that are very, very hard for you. I will take you through some stuff that is hurting you. I will take you through some stuff that I know you don't like. I will take you through some stuff that will cause tears to come in your eyes. God said, yeah, yeah, yeah. God said, I do that. I do that. Mm. It's a God said, what I'm doing is I'm toughening you up. I'm strengthening you. God is endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. God said, look him. God said, Robert, 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 talk to my people for me. I'm like, all right, Lord. God said, look, the way I raise my children is a lot different from the way a lot of people raise theirs. A lot of people don't want their child to experience no kind of hardship, don't want their child every time little baby have a boo-boo, they come running in, want to pet them up, pamper them up. God said, I don't do that with my children. God said, I let my children at times go through hardship. God said, I let my son die on a cross. 
at the hands of sinful men and women. God said, I, I treat my children a little differently than many of you all treat your children. God said, I let my child go through some difficulty. I let my child pass through some hardship. I let, God said, yeah, 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 yeah. That, huh? God says, endure hardship. Endure it as discipline. God says, I'm treating you as sons. Question is being asked, what son is not disciplined by his father? i tell you what kind of son. Uh, what kind of son is not disciplined by his father, or what kind of daughter? It's a son or daughter that's not loved by their father. Because if you got a father, he's supposed to discipline you. You got a mother, she's supposed to discipline you. That's one of the responsibilities of parents, whether it's father in ministry. Paul told the Corinthian church, he said, look, you've had 10,000 guardians, but you haven't had many fathers. Paul said, the reason why I call, one of the reasons why I call myself a father, Paul said, I'll discipline you. While others are telling you everything is all right, baby, go ahead on, it's just fine. Paul said, I'll tell you to stop that nonsense. Cut that foolishness. Father, tell you, cut that craziness out. What's wrong with you? You're acting like a fool. You're looking like a monkey. Come on, say Let's finish this. <laughs> For what son is not disciplined by his father? Well, the scriptures asking the question. Well, I tell you, it's a son that's not loved by his father. Because if that father loves you, he's going to discipline you. If that pastor loves you, he's going to discipline you. If that husband loves you, right, he's going to discipline you. If that employer loves you, He's going to discipline you, employee, if that state trooper loves you. Car driving 10 miles over the speed limit, he's going to discipline you. Some of us don't let the devil twist us up to think that people that discipline us are the bad guys. God says absolutely wrong. People that discipline you are your friends. Whoever loves discipline, Proverbs, whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge. Whoever hates correction is stupid. Uh-oh. Do we need to find that scripture? Huh? You sure, saints? Yes, you know, because some of them saints out here listening to me around the world, they need to find They're like, Apostle, how are you going to call somebody stupid? Did I call you stupid? I just quoted the scripture. Goodness gracious. Look, stupid. Look it up. Let me look this up real quick. Give this saints book, chapter, and verse. Cause some of these saints out here around the world that's listening to this, they actually, they actually, they uh, chest is poked out right now. Want to know how Apostle gonna call himself a preacher? Call somebody? How he gonna? I'm quoting a scripture to you. I'm telling you what the words say. There it is. Proverbs chapter twelve, verse one. Somebody stand up with me. Proverbs. Once you get there, chapter twelve. Uh oh. Uh huh. Read it. Read it one more time. Whoever loves discipline, what? Loves knowledge. But he who hates correction. It's stupid. King James Version says brutish. Brutish just means you stupid. It's just a, a different way. It's just a Middle English way of saying you stupid. Somebody in, in Middle England, uh, 1611, come up to you and say, ah, you are a very brutish person. What they really say is you stupid. You stupid joker. All right? Let's finish up. If you are not disciplined, verse 8, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Illegitimate. We don't want to be bastards. We don't want to be illegitimate children. We want to be true sons. My thing is to God, that Father, if, if, 
if killing me now will assure me a spot in heaven, but me living another 50 years, I bust hell wide open. I'm like, Lord, let me drop dead right here. Kill me right now. If killing me now would assure me a spot in heaven forever, but you know that 50 years, if I live another 50 years, I mess around and do something crazy and end up in hell, then my thing is, Lord, kill me now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get on with it. Because that is God's ultimate goal for you and I, that we stay out of hell. God doesn't like having to send anybody to hell, but God says, I will, Robert. I will. If they persist in not doing what I say, I will. Right, verse 9 says, moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us. Watch this. And we respected them for it. When you discipline a joker, you can get some respect out of a joker. Whether it's in the classroom. I remember once one of my former students was asking me about some young man who's now a big-time rapper, doing all kind of things, and, and it turns out he was in my class. And one of my former students was, was telling me one time, he was like, you know, well, Pastor Brian, so you remember uh, you know, such and such young man? I said, no. I was like, why? He said, man, he's a big-time rapper now, man. He's, you know, making all kind of money, doing all kind of videos and rappers. Man, I don't remember. I don't remember. He said, man, he's a pastor. He said, you had him in class in the ninth grade. He said, you put him out of class the first day of school. I said, what? He said, you put him out of class. I was sitting right there. He didn't pull out his book or his pencil fast enough for you. You put him out of class. the first. I said, come on, man. Now he's a coach. You put him out. I said, well, you know. Maybe next time, maybe in his rap career, he pull out the book and pen faster or something. I don't know. <laughs> Can't stay in here, son. You won't pull out your book and pen faster. Come on, son. Let's finish this. You get some respect. When you discipline individuals that will discipline you, they get respect. If you keep right on acting like a fool in the presence of somebody, that's because you don't respect them. You see a state trooper on the side of the road, and you st you still burn past him 25 miles over the speed limit. You showing no respect. But what do most people with sense do when we see a when we see a state trooper and we flying down the street? Break that thing down. Break that thing. Slow down. All right. How much more? Now, the scripture says we've all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live, which is God? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good. Why? Why? I'm like, you, as you read scriptures, be asking God questions and get in the habit of asking God questions. I'm like, Lord, why? God said, here's the answer right here, that you may share in my holiness. God said, because I want you holy. That's God said, that's why I'm disciplining you. I want you holy. I want you righteous. God said, I want you like me. So I'm trying to beat out of you. I'm trying to chase ties out of you everything that's in you that's not like me. God said, because I want you like me. God said, I'm holy. I want you holy. But you got some foolishness in you. You got some nonsense in you. Huh, Robert? Yeah, yeah, Lord. God said, well, I'm going to beat that out of you hmm? so you can be like me. God wants us to be like him, to punish us, that he might what? Perfect us. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you today for everything you share with us. Father, we trust that your people have been blessed at the proclamation of your eternal truth. 
Pray, Father, souls have been convicted and converted. As somebody is asking, what must they do to be saved? And we pray, Father, that they will turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Confess with their mouth and believe in their heart the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has raised him from the dead, that they may be saved. Father, we don't know how many souls are being saved during this broadcast, but we pray, Heavenly Father, that you have been pleased with the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart. We pray that they have been acceptable in your sight, our God, our strength, and our Redeemer. Father, we don't know the souls that are being edified at, uh, by this broadcast. But again, Father, we give you all glory, all honor, and our praise. And we trust, Father, that on judgment you will reward each man according to the deeds that he has done while in these earthly bodies. We give you glory, we give you honor once again, and we give you praise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensernchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join Talk Shoe Spreecast YouTube and iTunes at 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. daily. On Talk Shoe, call 724444 and try ID On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryant on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our Talk Shoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.